Today we live in a world of division. But it doesn't have to be that way. So let's go back today and think about how it was from the beginning. We want to start back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve and take a closer look at the blood and how it all began and why it became so important in our lives today. to be here and as as Andrew was saying I want to go back for the, to the beginning for a little while and have a chat about what happened in the Garden of Eden and, and even before we start I want to say you know I hope you enjoyed episode one and episode two because I really did enjoy that yeah. you know Brother Tito was with episode two talking about the blood and this one I kind of break it down a little bit now right? so just kind of start from the beginning so yeah I want to start from Genesis and I want to talk about the blood and you know uh, as we in there you know, to see how it all it all began and the, the, the issue of sin and the issue of, of transgression and all that. So, yeah, just, just starting off with a background, you know, about Adam and Eve. Uh, I believe, you know, everyone at least I've heard about Adam and Eve. I've heard the name Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. So I believe everyone would have heard that name before. So, so it, it's not something very, you know, new or something that no one has heard before. So... Talking about Adam and Eve, and, and I just want to bring a little background here of, of actually what's, what's going on, you know. So creation has taken place, you know, God has made man in his own image, just as a spirit being, but no, there was no one to till the soil, so now out of the ground he makes from the dust, he makes man, and now here they are, and, and he's putting them in a garden. Right, he's putting them in a garden, and he's giving them dominion, you know, to say whatever you, you know, all is in your hands, you know, you, you name the animals. You know, you can move the trees from left to right. You can do whatever you want. You have absolute dominion. In other words, almost like, you know, there was, they were, they were God of the earth almost, you know. And, and God would come down, you know, in the evening and fellowship with them and, you know, have, you know, there was a relationship going on, right? It was just a perfect, you know, perfect, you know, uh, I would say perfect world. No evil, no sin, no wrong. You know, everything was beautiful, right? And so it's... It's just a beautiful time, you know, they're having a great time there. I believe they're enjoying it. We know how, you know, Adam is by himself, but, you know, God sees he needs a helpmate. But they were in perfect unity. Exactly true, too. They were really in perfect unity. There was yeah. no division in the Garden of Eden. No division at all. Yeah. No division at all. The animals, the nature, everything was together. Yeah. 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 Like, I think the Bible records that God brought, right? No, the Bible records God brought the animals to Adam. And he named them. He named them. Yeah. You know, he gave them names. I mean, that just to imagine that is, is incredible. To bring the giraffe and be, <laughs> what's this? And Adam gets a chance to name it. Yeah. You know, and to keep going. Yeah. And then brings yeah. out a helpmate for Adam. Uh, yeah, comes to make you know Adam needs a helpmate here now, right? And so what does he do? He he, you know, he, the Bible has to show us takes a rib out of the side of Adam. Right and and makes a, what we he call a woman, right as a helpmate to him. So now here they are, and you know he sees her and say, like, "Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh." And you know she's happy that you know she has a he has a companion, right? And now two of them are in the garden, and and they are enjoying this beautiful place together. 
But, you know, as, as the Lord put them there, he, he told them about two trees that were in the garden. Right? He told them there's a tree of life and there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right? And, and God is, is a God of, you know, he's a God of laws and he's a God of, you know, judgment. He's, he's a good God. Absolutely, he is. Right? But at the same time, he has his laws. He has his rules. Right? You know, he placed them in a place and he said, well, you know, everything is yours. There's only one thing I'm going to ask you not to do. You've got two trees ahead of you, in front of you. Right? One is life and one is, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And all I'm going to say to you don't eat of the tree of the knowledge uh, of good and evil. That was all they were supposed to do. Not eat of that tree. As simple as that. So what, what happened then? Like, why would anyone leave that? What would possibly <laughs> be good enough for a reason <laughs> to leave perfection <laughs> and uh, to eventually fall and, and sin to come about and everything to happen where now... Where are we are where we're at today, where you've got good and you've got bad. But in the beginning, it wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, there wasn't division. It was all good. It was all God. But why did God create a Garden of Eden, absolute perfection, and then make a way that sin had a way it could creep in? Why would God put it that way? So that way someone could fall. So this we could get to where we're at today. So we could come to where we need a, a blood. Like what the Tito was talking about. We need the grace of God. We need those things. But why did it ever have to come to that? Because we know if the Bible records the Garden of Eden that there was another beast in there which was more subtle than all the other beasts of the field. And he was simply called the serpent. Yeah, And uh, I wasn't... Uh, a snake like we see today and like is depicted in so many popular Christian um, ways, but it was a beast that was more subtle. It was smarter. It was more capable than all the other beasts of the field. And it had a conversation with Eve. The Bible records later on, it beguiled Eve. It, it, they had a conversation. It gained her trust and the end of it all, through the conversation, through the proceedings of what happened, she now partook of this tree. Yeah. Where God said, don't eat this tree. That's all I'm telling you. As far as don't do, don't eat this tree. Yeah. Everything else, you know what? Everything's perfect. You can play with the animals. Everything got along. Everything was wonderful. But this one tree, don't eat of it. So it finally comes to this place where now we got Eve falls. Eve partakes of it, and we know that because Eve partakes of it, she brings it to her husband. He partakes of it, and that's a whole other episode in itself explaining what all happened there and running that through the Bible. But we'll leave it at that for now of what happened there. But they got to that place where they did exactly what God said don't do, disobedience. But how could they come to that? Because God put something in a man and in a woman that he makes us, or allows us, sorry, to make our own choices. And that was what, that was God's, that he put us on partnership with him, that he made us in spirit being in his own image. So that way he's saying, you've got a right to choose good and bad. 
You've got a right to choose what you think you want to do. And I'm giving you as God, and he's the almighty God. He could have made it any way he wanted, but he gave us, all knowing, he gave us the opportunity to choose right or wrong. He gave us the opportunity to choose good and evil. And he also, he didn't, God had to let them get lost. Follow me here. God had to let them get lost. He could not make them. He did not make them sin, but he let them sin. He created in such a way that he knew that they would. Exactly, exactly. And, And even to remain God, he couldn't make them do something and then punish them for doing it. Right. That would make him unjust. But he didn't do that. He gave them the opportunity to choose that, knowing the choices they make, because he knows the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is all of these things, but he gave us the opportunity. But then he put us on a partnership with him and let us act, let man act as a free moral agent, which is what I would call it. What it is called is we are a free moral agent. It's a right. It's down in our soul that we have the ability to choose what we want. And and we have a right to choose our own morals. We have the same thing today that they had then. The same thing that Adam and Eve had as a free will to choose. We've got the same free will to choose. And you can act any way you want to. We can act any way we want to. We're a free moral agents. So therefore, if you put it like that in the Garden of Eden, he has to put it like that all the time. God never changes his way. That is the principal theme of the Bible. That yeah. God never changes his way. Yeah. He changes how he reveals himself, but he never changes the way he acts or he acted wrong in the first time because he's God. He can't make a mistake. So he has to make everyone like that and everybody's on the same basis. That's what's so beautiful about grace, so beautiful about free moral agency. We're all on the same basis. And to bring us back to and letting man, letting Adam fall like that, Letting him, not making him, but letting him fall like that. And knowing that he would do it. Knowed he would do it. And and what did it do? It displayed his attribute. It displayed God as a savior. Yeah. I was thinking on they disobeyed yeah. the, the word of God. And that's how death death came into the human race. So um, from that time on, death is still ruling yeah. over the people. So that's why we need a sacrifice. Take care of the penalty. That's right. To take care of the penalty, there has to be something met in order to meet judgment. Exactly. There has to be something to pay the price. Amen. If the penalty is death, something has to die. Exactly right. And, and that's so, that's why there had to be a savior. Mm-hmm. A savior is something that takes the place, saves something else. And if the only way to save someone is through giving your life in their place, then that's what makes you a savior. And that's what made Jesus the savior. He gave his life in our place. He gave his own blood in our place. And I know that's jumping way, way ahead, but that's the reality of it. That because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, there had to be, because death began to reign, that now there has to be a sacrifice to begin to take over and, and the whole purpose then was left in Jesus Christ. Like G- Jesus was God himself came down to take the penalty of his own law. 
in Romans 5:12 says uh, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned that thing happened in the beginning for one man sin came in that's what we're talking about but there was a price that needs to be paid for that and god had in mind for that disobedience he will fi- he will have a perfect sacrifice well it's like it's like to every law okay to every law there has to be a penalty yeah or it's not a law you can make as many rules as you want but if you don't have a penalty behind it it's not a law exactly it's it's just a statement but when God makes a law, there has to be a penalty behind it. So when he says, don't eat of this tree or you'll die, that's the law. That's God's word that yeah. says, if you do it, there is a penalty. Yeah. And I'm warning you, the penalty is you'll die if you don't follow what I'm saying. Romans 6 says, um, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's important what Jesus did for us in Calvary, or what Calvary means to us when we read the scripture because uh, it's a penalty had to be paid for it. And the penalty was so great until there was no, wasn't anyone that could pay. So truly we believe that God ordained that way, to be that way, um, that the penalty was so great that no one could pay that he himself had to come and die for us and pay the sin. It's amazing to say that as much as we're talking about death and something very negative and judgment, the next part of that is the gift of God is eternal life. It's a positive thing. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah, the gift of God truly is eternal life because that was the beginning of it all. When he created the whole Eden, it wasn't for them to die. Right? He created it for them to live eternally. And that's where he wants to bring man back to again, that man can live eternally again. So absolutely, that's that's so true. But, you know, it's interesting as we've been talking about, you know, what is happening and the sin and the penalty to it is death and, and all this. But now something happens because the penalty is death. But now Adam and Eve have, have committed, you know, the, the sin or have, have transgressed the law, but they're still alive. You're not dead. So, yeah. h- how come? I mean, they're supposed to die because the law said they're supposed to die, but why are they still living? <laughs> so, if they are living, something must have died, right? Something must have died in your stead. And, you know, when I look at it, I mean, if we look at the Garden of Eden, at the moment, we've got only two people that are human, which is Adam and Eve, and all the rest that is left is animals and trees and this and that. So, if Adam and Eve is not, are not dead and the penalty is dead, then what died? What took their place? What, what actually atoned for it? We know in the in the Garden of Eden when they got kicked out, that, well, before they got kicked out, after they ate, the Bible records their eyes became open. Yeah. And they made themselves aprons. They covered themselves. Because in the Garden of Eden, they were shadowed by God that they could not see that they were naked. But when they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, all of a sudden they realized we're naked and they made themselves clothes. Mm-hmm. They made themselves fig leaf aprons. 
God comes down and when God finds them, he goes through the garden and says, Adam, Adam, where art thou? That's the beauty of God right there. Because God knows all things and he knows exactly where Adam is. He knows exactly where he's hiding. He knows exactly where Eve is at. But the grace of God is already on display in the fact that he doesn't call him out. But rather, he comes down to say, where are you, Adam? Will you come back to me? Will you come to find me? So in this, he's calling Adam out. And when he comes out, God comes down and takes a lamb and slays a lamb and gives them the bloody lamb skins and says, clothe yourselves with this. In other words, I ought to kill you for what you did. But because I love you, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for listening to Episode 3 of End Time Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at End Time Podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can send us an email at etpodcast at etmtab.com. Until next time, 